Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cinemaholics. This is another bonus episode with yours truly, Will Ashton. John Negroni is not here, but thankfully I am once again joined by a returning guest. You know him best from Comic Book News, and he's been on the show plenty of times before. It's our good friend, Charlie Ridgely. Hey, Charlie. Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I'm probably going to be better after we talk about this little canine classic that we're going to I think discuss. certainly maybe some at some point, potentially. I mean, I don't know what classic means in the terms of <laughs> dog movies, but... Right. You know. I mean... I was thinking about that earlier this week that there was a time where we would just get a movie starring a dog or starring like a monkey and that would just be the centerpiece of the film. Like, what's the plot? A monkey plays baseball. What more do you want? Or a monkey is on a skateboard. Or in this case, like a dog plays basketball. A dog plays football. A dog goes into space with his puppies. It's just like that was a plot of a film. Yeah. And now we got a movie called Dog which is the feature directorial debut of both Channing Tatum and his uh, longtime partner, creative partner, uh, Reed Carolyn, who is, I think, best known for writing the screenplay and producing Magic Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he wrote Um, both of them. At least the first one. Yeah, he wrote both of them. Uh, They've been teasing together getting into directing. I know for a little while they were both attached to direct an adaptation of Matthew Quick's Forgive Me, Leonard Peacock. And they've been flirting with the idea of directing for a while. But this movie, so and, far as I can tell. And I believe Reed yeah. was writing Gambit, too. When Right when Channing was attached right. to that. I think he was. I think Reed was involved in that as well. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, because there was a part of me that wanted to theorize that this movie was about the failed Gambit film. <laughs> but I couldn't really uh, cohesively uh, tie a thesis together for that. But. I will say that this film, even though it came together sort of uh, sporadically, at least as far as like what I can tell, like it, it, it sort of wasn't really publicized about much. Like I didn't really even hear about it until I think they finished filming. That was the first time I remember yeah, hearing any sort of The announcement of buzz that a trailer it. was coming was, I think, the very first time I had any. And, and that's you know, in our line of work. It's it's really rare to not hear about a movie until that mm-hmm. late into the game. Like there was that. Um, what is apparently, I've not seen it, but what is apparently very, very terrible Liam Neeson movie that came out recently that I already, oh, for- Black Light? yeah, um, yeah. I did not until like the week before that movie came out, I did not know that movie existed. And that just, that's so rare when I'm like, my job is to know what movies are coming out all the time. And right. so, you know, th- it was kind of refreshing with dog where, you know, a trailer came out and it wasn't something that I've been thinking about for a long time or known for about mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, it was kind of nice to say, Oh here's a new, a new thing that I get to like learn about as it's actually happening. Like I used to like, Oh, I went to a theater and saw a trailer and had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so before we really get into the movie itself, I kind of wanted to talk to you about Chang Tatum just as, as far as his career is concerned. Cause he has such a sort of wild trajectory in terms of his fame. Obviously he has like the sort of working class upbringing where he starts off as like a male performer, like a male dancer and then you know an exotic dancer and at the same time and then he finds his way into the uh first step up film as the star and that kind of leads into other films like the vow and a few others where he's sort of treated as like this big hunk of meat like no one i remember there was a time where really critics at least didn't take him seriously at all but he was becoming 
a bit of a box office draw. I don't know if it was just because of his good looks or because of his, you know, slide dancey or what, but you know, he was really bringing in people to the theater, at least in a modest fashion, but critically, at least it felt like it was around like 2012 when people actually started taking him yeah, somewhat seriously and ironically. Cause you, right, I mean, cause, really he was, yeah. he was, he was built to be this, you know, the, the, classic leading man that's what they they were really forcing mm-hmm. him into kind of this bubble of like we're going to put you as this hot romantic lead or we're going to put in, in very unfunny movies or we're going to put you as a very serious action star you know you had gi joe was a real you know a movie that should have been really fun and funny um you know he he had all these kind of he was very typecast into these into these parts and it really wasn't until steven soderbergh and uh phil lord and chris miller that people started realizing who Channing Tatum really was. And that was, I think the first Magic Mike was 2011, right? And then... Uh, 20, that was 2012. And then 21 Jump Street was was that was right around then, too. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I was saying. I think 2012 was like the one-two punch of 21 Jump Street and Magic Mike, where Ma- or, uh, 21 Jump Street came out, I want to say, in like around this time of year, now like a decade ago where people had fairly low expectations for it. Like, obviously, people liked Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but no one was really excited or interested in a feature-length, R-rated comedy version of 21 Jump Street, and it surpassed all these expectations. It honestly felt like, at that time, Jonah Hill was the biggest draw of that movie. Yeah. You know, a few years after Superbad, he'd been on a run. Yeah. Like, like he was the most appealing mm-hmm. part of that. Right. But, yeah, I mean, even though that is obviously a... Uh, reboot of a famous 80s tv show there was something that felt very fresh and vibrant mm-hmm. i think a large part of it was because people were taking chain tatum seriously as a talent like it wasn't just like oh like he helped his own in this good comedy it was like oh he seriously has some comedy chops like these other movies tried to tap that in but that was the first one that really seemed to capture that and then with magic mike as a starring vehicle that was just like okay like it's autobiographical in some respects, but it's really like he's working with a uh, top class filmmaker like Steven Soderbergh. He's really putting his talents to good to use and he's showing his charisma and how he can really handle his own as a screen presence. And that's when we obviously get to like Fox catcher and uh, some of the other movies, like even the supporting parts in like hateful eight and hail Caesar a couple years after where it's like he is, not only becoming a box office drop, but something of a critical darling at the same time, possibly one of our more exciting leading men, or at least one of our up and coming talents. He's very much, I mean, they're very, very different, but to me, he feels a lot like Andrew Garfield in that they are very unique. Like there's a very unique draw to them. I I don't, I guess I don't think they're anything alike in terms of what they do, but they have qualities about them that I can't quite describe and I can't really attribute to other people either. You know, they are, they're the kind of guys that it, sometimes a role comes along and it's like, Oh, only that guy could have done it. Only that guy, you know, I watch under the silver lake and I'm like, that was such an Andrew Garfield movie and performance. And, you know, when I watch some of these now with Channing Tatum, like he is, he's a much deeper and more layered and more thoughtful person and performer than anyone ever wanted to give him credit for before mm-hmm. Soderbergh and, and Lord Miller. Um, you know, he, yeah. no one ever wanted to acknowledge that there, there's this guy. And when you look at his role specifically, when you look at your know, magic Mike, and when you look at what's, I think what's coming in the lost city of D when you look at dogs and when you look at, um, 21, 22 jump street, he's had this really interesting, like trajectory where he, where he is, kind of dismantling a lot of the stereotypes that were built around him 
and like a lot of these masculine stereotypes and, and not necessarily always toxic masculinity, but you look at what Hollywood has portrayed men to be at times and, and, and what, you know, what we expect from men that, you know, that look like him, what we expect from these built hot dudes that are in these roles. And he's kind of dismantled that he's, he's really made an impact in terms of like, you know, healthy male, like friendships, you know, you look at magic Mike XXL, which is like one of the underrated, the great underrated sequels of our time. And then you look at, oh, so good, you know, man. what he does with, with Jonah Hill in 21 and 22 jump street. Mm-hmm. And like, he is this really thoughtful guy in these movies that is really good at breaking down a lot of these, you know, insecurities that come with masculinity. Uh, and I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I watched a lot of Channing Tatum movies. I mean, I watched the last two magic, Mike, or both magic Mike's and 21 jump street, like right before seeing dog, like all within a week. And it was like, wow, this is a really cool, it's really cool to see how he, you know, went from being typecast to finding his niche and really doing an excellent job. at it. And like, when I watch a trailer for someone like the lost city, it's like, Oh man, that looks like another just knockout in this same realm. You know, it looks like a guy who has specifically been told he's only good for his body and he's trying so desperately to be worth something else, you know? And, and mm-hmm. it just, and, and I think dog is just an, another layer to that. And I think dog might be more magic Mike than it is 21 jump street. Um, but it still finds those layers in Channing. And it's really, he's really been an interesting figure to watch grow. Cause he's one of those, you know, when you, we're about the same age and, and I think that, people in our generation, you know, he's one of the, the true, like our generation stars that we've watched mm-hmm. grow. You know, it, I know he's, he's a bit older than us, but we, we all watched step up and we watched him immediately become a star. And we've watched this trajectory over the last 20 years or so. Um, not even 20, I mean, 15 ish. Um, like but yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's yeah. one of the, the few that I can really remember like tracking an arc, you know, that has had ups and downs and done different things. And, mm-hmm. um, because you didn't just need to be a film nerd to know who he was at what, you know, like Garfield was in a lot of stuff that maybe wasn't as mainstream for a while. And then he, you know, he did Spider-Man and he did some more indie stuff. Whereas Channing Tatum has kind of been right in the public eye. All of his films have been kind of really publicized because of the way he was painted initially. And so we've all had to pay attention to him. Um, and I really appreciate how he's, he's taken that and owned that and, and turned it into something positive and turned it into something really layered and fun and, and different. Uh, from what a lot of other guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought to compare him with Andrew Garfield, but I do agree that he is an actor that strikes me. Like you, I think people had certain expectations or saw him and it's like, oh, he's just this big, dumb lunk, you know, like a, like a basically like a sentient uh, block of wood that's just kind of walking around. And you, I mean, even going back, like, I don't know if you saw a guy to recognizing your saints. Oh, that was I around loved that year. movie. I mean, I, I might not, it movie. might not have held a hold up now. I haven't watched it in probably, 10 yeah, years, I haven't watched it, I haven't watched but I liked it, it a yeah. lot when it came out. Um, and I remember liking yeah. him in it. Right. But that was like, a. I mean, even going back before 21 drum street, I just remember, you know, people were willing to dismiss him when he was, you know, in she's a man and uh, step up, but you could see in that film, like, okay, there's clearly something to this guy. If you can really hone it in, he can really figure it out. He will become a true talent. And there are other films, I think, showcase that but wasn't really fully formed like stop loss and uh i think he, he was on public enemies right i think it was like a while back i think so um, but he was yeah, in one of those yeah, like yeah. gangster era i think it was public enemies right yeah but yeah i mean I, I do think it was like the early 2010s where it really started to come into form for him but what's fascinating was that after he had a pretty successful run like leading up i mean he had a couple of like clunkers like uh, i haven't seen it since it came up, I know Jupiter Ascending, at least commercially, wasn't a big yeah. hit. I know it's gotten a bit of a reevaluation, so I don't want to speak 
Well, yeah, uh, that, that's more of a, 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 of a general, you know, Wachowski. Like, right. we all look more fondly on the Wachowskis as time goes right. on. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to wait yeah. on Jupiter's ending either way because right. that's just an easy way to make people angry. And so I'm not going to say yeah. anything about Jupiter ascending positively or negatively. I'm just going to shut up yeah. about it. <laughs> But I mean, he saw. I mean, he had like Hail Caesar, which is obviously he's fantastic in that film. Uh, he's one of the standouts in the second Kingsman movie, and he's really solid in Logan Lucky. But around that oh, time, I forgot about Logan of, Lucky too. I love Logan Lucky. He's really good. Yeah. That's probably one of his better performances. Yeah. And he and he and Driver are really uh, good together. Yeah, but outside of some voice performances around this time, that was like 2017. Mm. He started to kind of uh, fade out of the public light. Like he had. Smallfoot in the second Lego movie, and last year he had um, that Netflix movie I never saw, but I heard it was pretty awful called America the Motion Picture. But he was, you know, really as a screen presence moving away because there was some stuff going on in his personal life where he was uh, getting divorced to uh, what's his wife or his ex wife's name, Jenna Dewan. Jenna Dewan, mm-hmm. Dewan yeah, yeah his, they, uh, they, they had started and yeah. step up together. Right. Yeah. And he seemed to be taking the time to kind of focus on himself, uh, be there as a father because they have a young child together. And uh, what I find so fascinating about this film is that it's kind of his like return to the spot. Like, obviously, like you said, there is the Lost City coming up, uh, I believe, next month. Mm-hmm. But this is like the one where it's like, OK, Chan Tatum is not only coming back, but he is directing or co-directing this film. He's producing it and he's, you know, really kind of ushering in the second phase of yeah. his career and, and he's where, the only one on the poster too this is very this isn't right. like a you know it's not going with sandra bullock and brad pitt and kind of easing into mm-hmm. like oh, i'm one of the people in this movie like it's channing tatum and a dog and that's it you know this is mm-hmm. a yeah. a welcome back in the sense of like i am your son you're going to this movie specifically for me so you know if people don't show up like what does that say or people do show up what does that say because it truly is all on his right. shoulders especially as a director yeah, it's a truly un film, the Channing Tatum. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I know, uh, I think Brett Rodriguez is also a co-writer on the film. But this film, from what I can tell, and this is where I'm going to get a little murky because I know there's some stuff in his personal life that I just don't know. I have to assume. But I know the story was based on his own relationship with a dog who I believe was also named Lulu. And I know it wasn't it didn't come together in the same way. Obviously, he's not uh, Army Ranger or anything like that. But he did have sort of like a fostering relationship with this dog. And it was around the same time that his uh, marriage was falling apart and he was focusing on himself. And he used this sort of narrative to form a cinematic kind of like return and to kind of like focus on where he wants to be in this like divorced dad era of his. And that's where I find this movie, if he fascinating is like you said, like he is one of at a time where we really don't have that many traditional movie stars for the millennial age. Like we have maybe Jennifer Lawrence and, uh, you know, now Michael B. Jordan and a few others, but we really are. We're, we're really down to only a select few. I guess Tom Holland. Yeah, is Tom, well. Well, like, Tom, couple, that's more of a Gen Z thing. Like he's kind of coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he is one of our last remaining movie stars as far as like a traditional sense. And like you said, he has like this sort of like up and coming working class sort of mentality. And now he's coming into this, which I harken back to sort of like a mix between his sensibilities working with Steven Soderbergh. And also it's like an early sort of Clint Eastwood, any which way with loose sort of mentality Mm -hmm. where it's just residing on his star power. But he's obviously with an animal. And it's just like if you don't have a star like Channing Tatum at the service, you kind of wonder, like, what are we really doing here? Without a Channing Tatum, it's very much like a Netflix movie. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. 
it's a streaming title, which there's nothing wrong. You know, Grant Gustin has a dog movie coming out on Netflix next month. Um, oh, does he? You know, and but Grant Gustin's not Channing Tatum, and mm-hmm. that movie also looks to be a more traditional, sad, sappy dog movie. But you know, that's kind of the era. Like you need a star like Channing Tatum. I mean, uh, Milo Ventimiglia, who we all I think like quite a bit, had a dog movie that came out a couple of years ago, and or maybe mm-hmm. last year. I truly don't know what time means anymore. And I feel like no one talked about it or saw much of it. And I don't remember really hearing anything about it. Um, so I think it does, it does speak to Channing Tatum as a, as a persona, um, mm-hmm. you know, as the kind of person who can like promote this kind of movie. Um, and, and, and yeah. Clint Eastwood's a great, a great example. You know, I, I didn't even think about Clint Eastwood. I was trying to think back at just, just kind of straight up dog movies and things like that. But I, I didn't even put together, you know, that was a big part of Clint Eastwood's career. You know, we'd like to think of the westerns and stuff, but that you know, any which way but loose, those movies were really a, a huge part of his trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. As far as like, I mean, it's I actually haven't seen any which way but loose before. I can tell like that mix of like you know broad animal-related like comedy, but also like serious moments of pathos that really just challenges Clint Eastwood to really carry the screen with his mm-hmm. animal co-star. But as far as the plot of this film, it's pretty broad as far as just like it's you know focusing on this army ranger who's at this point of his life where he's down he can't really get back into the army but he doesn't really know how to move forward he's having trouble getting his benefits and he finds a way to get back into it i'll bet in a somewhat unconventional fashion where he is going to be transporting this uh, canine army ranger to a funeral uh in the i think the pacific coast to yeah you know, i think he's going he's going from from like like yeah. the tip of Oregon or up into Washington, all the way down to New Mexico, Arizona, mm-hmm. some somewhere, uh, yeah. somewhere down there. Yeah, and it has, uh, if you can pardon the pun, sort of like this kind of shaggy dog narrative where you know it's just him and the canine kind of getting to antics, going through Portland, and him, you know, Channing Tatum's character trying to get laid, but the dog obviously prevents yeah, that. It, it, it's it's you know, very much a, a road trip buddy comedy. Yeah, um, just exactly. with a dog. But that's where I wanted to turn it to you. I, I know. Um, one of the weird things about this movie is that it didn't really have a lot of buildup. So when it was coming out, like I wasn't hundred percent sure if this was going to be good or bad just because the, the, the response from MGM was weirdly kind of quiet, but I know talking to a friend of our show, Corey Woodruff, he was the one that was kind of assuring me like, Oh, this is actually pretty good because you had seen mm-hmm. it and you were saying speaking positive line, but I wanted to hear more from you. What was your, like you said, you kind of came into this movie, not really knowing much about it, but like leading up to the press screening, what was your, feelings going towards it and how did you feel walking out of the screen well so i i really you know like we've talked about i i watched it strictly because of channing tatum um i had been kind of on a kick lately i'd seen the trailer and seen the trailer for the lost city and i kind of you know i went back and i had never seen magic mike xsl i'd seen the first one never seen the second one and i'm so glad i righted that wrong because that movie is incredible uh and and i you know to watch the 21 jump street movies and i was just kind of on, on a channing kick and i was like you know i'm, I'm getting really excited about this dog movie um just because of more Channing and I haven't seen him in a while. And, you know, like I talked about earlier, there was this kind of dismantling of a lot of stereotype with him that I was really into. Uh, and I really liked how layered he has been in, in, in his characters and his character choice, because, you know, it seems like he's been much more selective in this kind of this second stage of his career. Um, 
he's 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 chosen his projects much more carefully uh and and that's been really neat and he really had an involvement in this and a passion for this um so i went in not expecting a lot but expecting to enjoy it you know just based on what i've seen from channing but also like i can't remember a dog you know there's airbud like comedies you know like the outright outlandish comedies but outside of those i can't, can't remember any like serious ish dog movie that really uh, you know resonated with me much because it's all very much the same you know it's there's going to be these dogs and you know this dog is going to be with a person and it's going to be sad and sappy and they're going to build a bond and you know there's the stereotype that the dog's going to die and uh you know they were very they were very uh adamant in the marketing for dog at the end of the oh, yeah. trailers they'd be like don't worry the dog doesn't die we like the last thing right. in the trailers and yeah, i saw a quote from channing that like his his big thing when taking on this movie his like one demand was we will not kill the dog. If we, if, if the dog has mm-hmm. to die, I'm not making the movie. Like that's, I, I will right. not allow that to happen in the movie as long as I'm attached to it. Um, that was his one big, like have to have. And so, you know, I, I kind of anticipated something that would just, if you watch the trailers, it just looks like a very funny buddy cop movie. And that's kind of what I went in anticipating. And I got a little more than that. Um, this had a lot more emotion to it than I expected. Um, and not, not, in, you know, what I worried would happen is I would go in and I'd be sold on this buddy road trip comedy. And then it would be just another like sappy guy bonds with dog type of thing. Um, but so many of those movies are like, you know, about a human or, or about a dog needing a human, you know, and, and the human might need the dog emotionally, but you know, it's, it's, it's all about reliance kind of one way, either way it goes. And this, this was very much about a bond between two equals and two beings that genuinely needed each other in the same way. And, you know, both gave and both took. Um, and this was one that, you know, a lot of these, like, 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 you know, the dog movies when it's in action, like it's in a war or or a, a terrible time in history or whatever, you know, like, a lot of these, these dog films have this kind of narrative that the dog and the person are experiencing like this awful trauma together. And that's what brings them together. You know, that's what bonds them. And, you know, the dog like saves the person or the person saves the dog. And it's always this kind of this trauma thing. But in this movie, they've all, they both experienced the worst thing in their life already. They've both been through war. They both have PTSD. You know, she's, been shot multiple times and so is he he has this this brain injury you know they've both been through their worst things already and so in each other they don't find like a savior they they do in a sense but they don't find someone to physically save their life they they find someone to to find themselves after that they find someone else who can understand and who can love them for who they are in a time when they're trying to recover and trying to find themselves and not trying to you know physically save their own life. They're trying to get back on the horse and, and, and find a way to keep living after a horrible trauma. Uh, and, and that, that really, that really resonated with me that I haven't seen that in a, in a, in a movie like this before, you know, the two of them having this equal stakes in this relationship, you know, it's something we don't talk a lot about and it's still kind of, it's weird to say sometimes, but like dog actors or animal actors, 
you know, but this is really like a profound performance. Three different dogs play Lulu in this movie and, and they use them all very wisely and, and they really bring an emotion through the animal, not just like, Oh, the, the dog's sad. Oh, we're all, we're all going to feel bad because the dog's upset. It's like, no, the, the, there was a lot of action acting from, from these dogs that, that brought that character to life in a way that really resonated with Channing Tatum's character and that we could watch that happen. We could see it happen. Um, it, it wasn't just a, here's a big action of sacrifice or here's a big moment of clarity. It was a, a, a road trip and they built this trust and this love and this connection over the course of it. And so by the time we get to the end, you know, you, if you go into the movie right now and not having seen it, you know how it's going to, if, if you know, the dog doesn't die, you know how the movie's going to end. They're going to ride off into the sunset together as pals, you know, not liking each other at the beginning. That's, I don't think that's a secret to anybody. Like that's, you know, what's coming, but in this, in this film, it all felt really earned. You know, you got there in a very natural way, in a very fun way, in a very dramatic way, uh, a way that made you feel things. And, and you were just, you were glad that it happened. Uh, and everything felt very genuine and authentic. And, and I think that's a very rare thing to find in this kind of animal film. It's, it's not often that something is this feels this real or feels this, uh, this authentic. Yeah, I mean, I think what I found so interesting and fascinating about the film is something you highlighted, which is there's this common perception with a movie like this where you're going to see Chang Tatum kind of go through the expected arc where he is either stuck in the mud about something or he's like, you know, like this like hard ass alpha male sort of guy and he has to learn to loosen up and you know become more in touch with the sensitive side because of this dog companion and uh you know he does have a sort of expected arc it's not traditionally that but it is like he kind of has to learn to like let go of his own insecurities and become in tune with himself and learn to kind of care for this canine but what i find fascinating is the thing you're highlighting which is that not only do we get an arc for his character lulu also has this sort of arc it's not like this mentality where it's just like he is just learning about himself and becoming a better person because of the dog. Like the dog is learning to trust herself and she is also learning to, you know, have some acceptance, understand that like she doesn't have to resist human companionship. And that is a element, like you said, this kind of duality that I would not expect from a movie like this. It gives it more depth and maturity than a traditional narrative like this uh, would traditionally have. And, it doesn't really do anything that I think, like you said, you wouldn't really expect. Uh, it does play into a lot of expected tropes. It does kind of go for the broad swings that you expect. But there is ultimately this sort of key humanity. It is very sentimental, but in a way it doesn't feel cheap or dis- or unearned. Like it, it, it goes through all the motions. And Chatham Tatum, Channing Tatum and Reed Carolyn really give a lot of moments to have sort of soft, intimate character moments with these two, you know, this animal actor and with Chatham or with Tatum. Uh, and it does feel sort of like this old fashioned Hollywood sort of thing where it's just letting the characters sort of breathe in the moment and having very intimate, authentic moments. And that's really, I think why the movie ultimately works. It, it does do some things I don't love. And I think it does shift in tone in ways that prevents it from feeling fully consistent. But I think that's also true of most road trip movies. Like it does, you have to kind of have like these 
broad comedic moment and you know the traditional serious segment and then something kind of wacky happens again and i don't think all those swings really work and i think that's also reed carolyn and Channing tatum kind of becoming directors and learning as they go along but that shaggy dog quality ultimately feels more endearing than not because they do get the things that need to work really do work and i think by the end by the last 20 or 30 minutes they really nail those emotion moments in key ways and i think that's ultimately why this is a really promising exciting directorial debut for these two uh creative partners yeah and and there's a couple like keys to it you know at the beginning of the movie even though the even (laughs) even though the trailers and the advertisements kind of hint you know or confirm hey the dog doesn't die the setup is like when this is over like the dog is going to be put down because She's un, you know, trainable. You can't really work with her. She's violent. Um, and that kind of adds an emotional, even though, you know, like it still adds that layer of like, you don't want that to happen. You want, you want them to overcome that. And you want, you know, that you kind of want that from, from Channing's character. Um, but it also, it really hits on the humor. It's not as like roll around funny as the trailer makes it seem. Um, which I'm okay with, you know, I think that they sell it as a comedy. It's a little bit deeper than that, but it's not a pivot from that. It's just, it's a little bit more emotional or sentimental than, than expected. Um, but there are some like great comedic scenes in this, you know, and one of them, one of them coming in a sequence with Kevin Nash, uh, who, you know, the, the, the former wrestler who was in the magic Mike films, uh, Uh, he and and Channing have such a great connection and they have a, they -hmm. have a really great, lovely little reunion kind of in like, I don't know, like a third of the way through this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the setup for that is kind of wild too. Cause it has like this sort of weird, like thriller almost segment kind of building it up. It had to a very without a paddle vibe to house. it there for a minute. Yeah, like yeah, where you're like, sure. Oh, this, this is darker than it should be. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of seems like he's going to get uh, killed by some rando and then it's like, Oh, it's, it's right. not as bad as it looks. Yeah. And then we get Jane Adams who I don't think I've seen a movie mm-hmm. in a little while. And I think not since, uh, she dies tomorrow back in 2020. Uh, and she's also very good. I was kind of bummed we didn't get to see more of her, but I do agree. I think that segment is probably one of my personal favorites and one of the ones where it seems like they're kind of taking a broad swing, but ultimately I think it plays out in a really interesting and intriguing way. And I, I would actually like to see these two directors do a thriller later down the mm-hmm. line. Cause that segment does have some kind of real suspense to it. And it, it plays out also in some fun, broadly dark comedic moments and then yeah it's it's an interesting segment of the film for sure yeah and, and you know like you said it's it's kind of totally inconsistent because you have the, the scene before that which was or like the sequence you know when you're in a road trip there's the different set pieces you move between and the one before that was the one in portland where he was trying to get laid uh and that didn't or it was right after that but they, they were they were back to back those two yeah. um and that the portland segment and that was is probably the yeah that was that was the, it was really weak and during that segment like there were some good jokes and i think channing held his own but i was kind of like uh i don't know about this but then the way they handled the guy like trying to you know save lulu and that not really you know this activist not really being yeah. an activist just kind of being mm-hmm. a butthole and you know okay. you had like that Portland thing was really interesting because they, they had a lot of these moments where they could have just dove it into Channing being at the tough, rugged army man and all these like granola kids in Portland. And they, they hinted at that, but they never went into it and in, to make him into like a full, you know, turd about it. Uh, they just kind of like, well, this is different. I don't love it. This isn't how, what I'm like, but it never takes a stance of like, Oh, these kids are crazy and weird and I don't like them. It was all very like, things are evolving and I'm kind of caught behind. I'm a little behind. Um, but then yeah. you, know, you get later into a set piece, like the one with, uh, with Ethan Supley, which is 
along with the Kevin Nash part, I think the strongest mm-hmm. element of the movie or the strongest like sidebar in the movie where he has, you know, uh, he has the, the brother of Lulu and, and he is, is an, an ex, you know, military veteran or he's a military veteran as well. And he has been going through some things, but he's kind of bonded with this dog and Channing seeing like the other side of where he's at. Um, it, again, very, very tonally different from the Kevin Nash stuff. Uh, but I, they both worked equally as well. And I think, you know, if maybe a more experienced director could have woven those together a little better, but for, for two people who are doing this for the very first time, I think they, they did a, a really at, you know, adequate or better job putting them together, you know, the connected tissue, but those set pieces individually, I think are all done very, very well. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think this movie is fairly economical in a way that feels true to the styles of both Steven Soderbergh and Clint Eastwood, assuming Clint Eastwood was an influence on the film. But like you said, it does seem like they allow for quite a bit of experimentation, at least with a narrative where like, even though they are following a broadly traditional storyline, they are kind of having little moments, like little nuggets in between where they can kind of play with tone and style. And I don't think that does sort of damage the consistency of the film, but also allows for a lot of the more interesting segments to come to life. And I, even though I don't think that makes the film quite as successful overall, it does allow, I think, for Chang Tatum to and Reed Carolyn to really experiment with what they want to be as filmmakers. And if we're looking at this like a first step film, it seems like they're really going to be doing a lot of interesting things as filmmakers later on. And it does allow for some really interesting uh, tonal and narrative shifts that I don't know if they're going to be where they want to go, but it seems like, okay, like we have this narrative where we can do something like this. Why don't we just try it and see what happens? And yeah, it's kind of exciting to see from Jane Tatum for sure. And you know, it, it really like when you watch it, you, it's one of those movies you can get a sense of like, they weren't going out to try and make the greatest film of all time. Like, they were they were having a really good time, and and not in a way of they're just like oh let's let's screw around and like let's have fun whatever happens happens like no they were very intentional with what they were doing but they they allowed things to be fun when they needed to be they allowed things like like let's let's try something and if we enjoy it we enjoy it and we'll use it and you know you could really tell that Channing was was having a good time with these dogs and with you know with this setup and and making the movie with his friend it was it had a very you know old school, not quite indie feel, but a very, you know, just underground, enjoyable, like, you know, like, like we're in this because we enjoy it and not for any other reason. And like, we're going to do something that we really, that we really mm-hmm. love. Um, what are the two filmmakers? Again, very, very different movies, not totally, not at all there, but, um, the guys who, who just made, uh, something in the dirt. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Or not something um, in the dirt. Oh, um, look. something in the dirt. At Sundance, the they're, they're, was, they're directing some yeah. Moon Knight episodes and some uh, Loki episodes, and they did a Synchronic and Endless. I can't um, remember their names. Yeah. Um, You're talking about uh, Just, Justin Benson and Aaron yes. Moorhead. Uh, those, yeah. Just because I, the, the, their Sundance movie was very fresh in my mind, those are two guys mm-hmm. that you can tell are just making something they want to make and having a, a real blast with it. And, yeah. and that's what I got from, from Reed and, and Channing making this movie. Like They're just... It, again, very different kind of movie uh, with, sure. a, with a different kind of budget, really. Um, but they were just having a good time and they were doing something that they really believed in. And I think that that goes a long, long way sometimes, especially in a movie like this, where all you have really to sell it because it's not a complicated plot. You have a dog and you have charisma. 
And if, so if you're having a good time and you're enjoying yourself, that charisma comes through. Um, and, and I think, I think it does that in waves in this, in this movie. Um, and I, I really, I really appreciate that about it. It was something that I, I, I think a lot of people might've overlooked, uh, going in, mm-hmm. but the reviews, you know, I was really glad to see that I wasn't alone. I kind of thought after that, I was like, Oh, I really liked that. And I kind of sat around and was like, I, I wonder if I'm, if I'm in the minority here, like, are people just going to look at this? But it, it seems like a lot of people really enjoyed it. And, and, and the, the box office stood up to it. Um, you know, for a little, a low budget movie like this to do what 18 million in its debut weekend. Um, yeah. And I believe the budget was 15. Yeah. Million, so not counting marketing costs. So, so. to essentially make back your yep. money in a weekend, like that's, that's all you can ask for, for a movie like this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I, I'm, I'm glad to see people responding to it. Cause I, I do yeah. think, like I said, at the very top of this, I think that shows a belief in, in Channing Tatum, um, which mm-hmm. I think we could have debated before this, like, Hey, how do people feel about Channing Tatum? Like, I know how people in our space now feel about him. There's been this kind of, you know, reckoning where kind of like, well, like what's on with the, with the Wachowskis where we all love Channing, you know, all, a lot of people in the film industry are really like pro Channing, but how does the general public, how does the general audience feel about him now? And I think this kind of has said like, they're willing to go see a dog movie, you know, in February with just Channing Tatum in it. There's no other big, I mean, there are some other, you know, Kevin Nash and, and, and Ethan Suppley and Bill Burr. Like there are some recognizable faces, but there's not another star in this movie. It's Channing and a dog and they're showing up for it. Um, and that, I think, I think that says a lot. Um, you know, you know, in times when the box office really isn't back to normal, that says a lot. Yeah, and I get the sense though that um, even though I mean they they are making a crowd pleasing sort of film, it doesn't seem like Reed Carolyn and Jane Tatum are really too concerned with whether this is a huge hit or not. I think they wanted to make something that was clearly very personal. Like there is a segment in the film without giving too much away that seems to be very directly lift from Jane Tatum's own life and his own personal uh situation but at the same time it doesn't feel like they're dwelling on that like it's done in such a way where it's just like if you know Chang Tatum's story like this is clearly what this is about but the way that shots is like most of that dramatic urgency is happening behind a closed door and we see it from the dog's perspective kind of fascinatingly and it's just like this is all you really need to know like there's stuff going on here and i'm having some personal trouble but at the end of the day, it's just him kind of working through his thing, both in a sort of therapeutic way with this film, but at the same time, making just a kind of feel-good buddy road trip movie with a dog. And it's, yeah, it, it's a lot of different things at once. It's simple, but it's also, you know, kind of an interesting footnote in uh, Chan Tatum's ongoing career. And yeah, I'm glad he made it. It's definitely kind of refreshing to see at a time where it feels like such personal films like this are becoming more and more of a rarity or, or, or a lot of them are, are going to be on streaming. Like, and, and, I, yeah, I, exactly, and I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of, of what streaming services are doing. Like I appreciate them, but I also love going to a theater and seeing a movie and I don't want movies like this to completely leave theaters, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate that dog is kind of giving those movies a, a bit of a chance, you know, kind of in the same way that, yeah. you know, like uncharted is helping, you know, obviously that's an IP, but it's not a superhero. It's not a Marvel. It's not a DC. It's not a star war. It's, you know, there are certain movies like that. that are like, Hey, we're giving us some, some hope to build on for something else, you know, moving forward. And I, again, I hope lost city does the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, before we kind of, as we're getting to our closing thoughts, one, the one yeah. other thing I want to say about Channing in this movie that I really recognize that I did, I've never seen another movie like this. His interaction with the dog is so, is so funny because it's so real and rare. Like he doesn't feel like he's doing lines when he's talking because most movies, him talking to the dog, it doesn't feel like awkward, you know, as someone who has a dog and talks to a dog all the time, this felt like 
a regular person talking to it or a real person talking to a real dog. It was all very authentic. And that was really Channing kind of carrying that and not making it feel like a delivery or like a setup. It was just, Hey, I'm gonna have a conversation with this animal and it's going to be fun. And, uh, that's, again, that's really rare. And I think that it, that helped really take it further. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I wanted to say to wrap up with our thoughts is I'm pretty grateful at this point for what MGM is able to do as far as the studio. Um, you know, they, they have this, they have licorice pizza, and they seem to be really focusing outside of obviously the James Bond franchise, like doing stuff that is more star driven and more kind of like a return to like what the stu- what they people would expect from MGM at earlier time. And I don't know. I haven't really checked in to see how Licorice Pizza is doing. And obviously MGM got recently bought out by Amazon. So I don't know how long that, you know, business uh, model is going to f- follow through but it is refreshing that a studio like mgm saw a movie like this saw the commercial talent and potential in this and just like yeah we're just going to give us a big theatrical rollout and just hope people show up and you know i think you know it's just like we said it's just refreshing to see that especially from a big studio like mgm but um yeah as we're wrapping up have you heard about the box office game that we've been doing i have not okay so of late uh, we've been playing the box office game, which is where our guests, which would be you, would guess both the critic and audience score. I don't know if you've checked in on both. I know you said you have a review on uh, Rotten Tomatoes for this film, but have I, you actually, been I should I should over this movie. Score? I just went and I went and saw this one for myself. Um, All right. So I, I don't have a review up on this. Uh, okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. And so I've I know that the review that the reviews are positive, but I do mm-hmm. not remember the critic and audience scores. All right. Well, if you have a guess, what do you think the critic score is for this film? Critic score feels like an 83. All right. You're pretty close. Um, it is 78. Okay. And uh, do you want to guess the audience score? Audience score, I'll go 79. So you're actually a little bit off on that. It's 90 at the oh, moment. Oh, great. That's exciting. Yeah, no, honestly, I mean, I wasn't 100% sure either what the cinema score was going to be because I figured audiences would like it, but I didn't know to what extent. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, yeah, you know, like, it's nice for what it is. Uh, can you guess what the cinema score is? Cinema score is weird because it's like if you get like a C, it's the worst movie ever. Um, cinema score is an A minus. Yeah, you're actually nice. you got that one right in the head. Yes. Cinema score is an A minus. And then I'm also going to look up. We used to do sometimes the uh, letterbox score, which is always very sort of random. Because, you know, that that could be anybody reviewing. Yeah. I guess that's true of Rotten Tomatoes as well. But uh, the audience so. is very different. The people that get on Letterboxd are not the people getting on Rotten Tomatoes most of the yeah. time. So I will say, I mean, for what I've seen, at least I haven't seen anyone really go hard against this film yeah. yet. It seems like it's, you know, it's like literally getting mad at a puppy. It's just like, who's really going to be like one star? Or like, ugh. yeah, because there, there's nothing mean. About, you know, there's nothing mean spirited about right. it. There's nothing like it's not a hurtful movie. Um, mm-hmm. I would guess Letterbox is probably a 3.3. You're pretty close. It is 3.1. Okay. Yeah. Which I, is I lower figured, than I anticipated. Yeah. yeah I figured it'd be in yeah. the threes. Um, yeah, I would have guessed mid, mid three, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, yeah, I would have. Yeah. I probably would have said the exact same thing that you did either 3.4 or 3.5, but yeah, that's our review of dog. And, uh, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? No, I guess I, I just, you know, I, I encourage you if you've listened, you know, listen to any of this or you're, you're checking it out and you, you haven't seen dog. I mean, there's not really, a, it's not anything much to spoil, you know, it's not a right. big reveal movie. There's not, you know, 
three different Channing Tatums that are going to pop in from the multiverse. Like it's, there's nothing to spoil in this movie. Um, so you can listen to this without seeing it, but you should go see it. I think it's a really, it's a really lovely little film and I'm excited for it to, for a home release for this because I, you know, there's more, a bunch of stuff coming out. I don't know if I'm gonna have a chance to go to theater and like see it again with every, you know, with Batman and mm-hmm. Lost City and, and, you know, I still haven't seen Uncharted. Like there's a lot of things coming out. Um, but I, I am excited you know, when this, when this comes out, you know, for home release, check it out again. So if you get an opportunity to go to theater and see this movie, I think it is definitely a, you know, it's what an hour 40. It's a, it's, it's a real breezy movie. Yeah. Um, it's a real great, you know, afternoon sit in a theater. Uh, I, I highly recommend uh, checking it out if, if you have, if you have the opportunity. Yeah, it's like a nice little sort of detox type of film. Like if you want to get away from some of the blockbusters and the awards movies, it's just a nice little movie with Channing Tatum and a dog. So we've had much worse February movies over the years. Absolutely. Much worse. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. 